Second Samuel chapter six. Second Samuel chapter six. We are thankful to be here uh, tonight, and, and uh, as uh, Trevor said, uh, I'm his father, and I tell you, I couldn't be couldn't be more excited that he's uh, he's pastoring a church, and God's called him to preach, and and I tell you, what, he and he's been given the opportunity to, to preach here in Mount Carmel, and and uh, I'm just uh, just thankful for God's grace and mercy that He shows us every day. And what an honor uh, to stand behind the pulpit that my son stands behind uh, on Sundays and, and, uh, and, and preaches the Word of God. So uh, just, uh, just an honor to be here tonight. Uh, thankful to be here. Thankful to be, uh, thankful to be in the Lord's house. Thankful to be alive in Christ. Uh, and and so, so we're excited. Uh, revivals are an exciting time uh, uh, for folks to come together. Uh, but some, people, uh, uh, some people think it's time. Uh, revivals are times for the lost. So that's, that's true. Uh, but I tell you what, revivals uh, mostly is time for the for the saved to get excited, uh, for the saved to be uh, to get a fire lit under them, to, to get a little bit excited, to to get a little happy. I, I know we used to talk about in uh, the days of old that, that, that you know people got happy in church, and uh, I tell you that's what revivals is about about getting happy and getting excited uh, for the Lord. And so, uh, so we're going to be preaching a sermon tonight. We're going to uh, be looking at just that. We're going to look at David, uh, how he he carried, uh, he cared for. Uh, and, and he uh, uh, cared for, and he uh, uh, carried on how he David carried, uh, he cared for, and he carried on uh, in the presence of God. So we're going to be looking at that tonight, uh, how, how David uh, carried on in the presence of the Lord. And and so I, 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 there's an illustration I I read, and it was about a young girl. Uh, she became a Christian and uh, in an exciting revival uh, at her church and was baptized. Of, at the close of a Sunday morning service, and and so that afternoon she ran through the house singing and dancing, and uh, but but her but her sour, straight-faced uh, grandfather rebuked her. Uh, he he rebuked her with, with these words and said, "You ought to be ashamed of yourself. You just joined the church and you're singing and dancing on the Lord's day." Crushed by her grandfather's attitude, the little girl went out to the barn. Uh, she climbed up to the top of the barn and. And she looked down and she observed an old mule down there standing there with a, with a sad, droopy face. As she reached over and patted the mule sympathetically, she said, Don't cry, old mule. I guess you've got the same kind of religion as my grandpa has. <laughs> you know, whenever you talk about dancing in a church house and when you talk about getting excited, uh, uh, it scares some people, don't it? Uh, it scares some people. Think, I, I don't know about getting excited and, and dancing and doing all those things, but... But we're going to see here in the, in the text today where uh, David was just the opposite of that grandfather. He had a little bit different attitude. Whenever he was in the presence of God, you could tell that he was in the presence of God by the way, he, uh, the, the way that he carried himself, the way that he, he cared uh, whenever he uh, was in the presence of God. He was excited to be there. Uh, and also how he, uh, how he carried on uh, whenever he was in uh, the presence of God. And what we're going to see here today in the text uh, in 2 Samuel chapter 6 is uh, David has just been made king over Israel. Uh, David uh, has just, uh, uh, he's just led uh, Israel in defeating uh, the Philistines and the, and the enemies that were uh, around Israel. 
Uh, and, and so now we see David uh, focusing on uh, bringing back the spiritual, uh, bringing back the spiritual feeling, the, uh, and bringing back the Ark of the Covenant uh, back into the uh, the center of Israel. And so that's where we find ourselves now. Is is David is concerned about bringing uh, God back in the center of Israel. He's he's uh, wanting to bring Israel back to the the center point of of, of worship. And and so we see here David uh, starting there in verse one. We're going to be looking at really four things today. The first thing I want to look at is what's in the Ark of the Covenant? What, what's in the Ark of the Covenant? We're going to see the, uh, the, the Ark of the Lord uh, in this uh, text today. What's in the Ark of the Lord and, and how can we apply that even to our life today uh, that, we should, uh, that should be within us? And uh, Again, we're going to be looking at uh, how, how David, uh, he was concerned about the contents that was in there. Uh, he was concerned about he, how he carried those contents. He showed care uh, for carrying uh, those contents and being in the presence of the Lord. And, and he also uh, carried on. Uh, in other words, the, there was an outward showing uh, that he was in the presence of the Lord and that he had been saved. And so we're going to look at those four things today together. And we're going to start there uh, again in 2 Samuel uh, chapter 6, verse 1. Let's do a little reading tonight. It says, again, uh, David gathered together all the chosen men of Israel, 30,000. And David arose and went with all the people that were with him and uh, from Baal of Judah to bring up from thence the ark of God, whose name is called by the name of the Lord of the host that dwelleth between the cherubims. And they set the ark of God upon a new cart. And they set the ark of God upon a new cart. And brought it out of the house of Abinadab, which was in Gibeah, and Uzzah, and Ahio. The sons of Abinadab drave the new cart. Verse 4. And they brought it out of the house of Abinadab, which was at Gibeah, accompanying the ark of God, and Ahio went before the ark. Verse 5. And David and all the house of Israel played before the Lord on all manners of instruments, made of fir wood, even of harps and psalteries and timbrels and cornets and, and cymbals. Verse 6. And when they came to Nacon's uh, threshing floor, Uzzah put forth his hand to the ark of God and took hold of it, for the oxen shook it. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah, and God smote him there for his error. And there he died by the ark of God. Verse 8. And David was displeased. Because the Lord had made a breach upon Uzzah, and he called the name of the place Perez Uzzah to this day. And David was afraid of the Lord that day and said, How shall the ark of the Lord come to me? Boy, boy David wanted to know how to be in the presence of God. David wanted to know how, how God can be in the center of things. You know, he, he saw the, uh, the fear of God. He saw uh, how God struck down those that would, uh, that, that would uh, try to handle God uh, differently than what the Word of God says. And they, they, they were struck down. They, they were judged. And so David says, how, how shall the ark of the Lord come to me? How, how will the, the presence of God be in the center of Israel? So David would not remove the ark of the Lord unto him into the city of David. But David carried it aside into the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite. And the ark of the Lord continued in the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite, for three months. And the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all his household. And it was told King David, saying, The Lord hath blessed the house of Obed-Edom, and all that pertaineth, all that pertaineth unto him. 
Because why? Because of the ark of God. Because the presence of God was there. He was blessed. So David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom into the city of David with gladness. And it was so that when they, uh, when they, they that bear the ark of the Lord had gone six paces, he sacrificed oxen and fatlings. Verse 14. And David danced. David danced before the Lord with all his might. And David was girded with the linen ephod. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with sound of the trumpet. And as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michal, Saul's daughter, looked through a window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, and she despised him in her heart. Verse 17. And they brought in the ark of the Lord and set it in its place in the midst of the tabernacle that David had pitched for it. And, and David offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. And as soon as David had made an end of offering, burnt offerings and peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord of hosts. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, for your word that, Lord, that if we would listen and abide to the word of God and hear what it would have to say, Lord God, that we would live a changed life. Lord God, we would be more concerned about how we carry the word of God, how we care for the word of God, and, and how we carry on in the presence of God. Lord God, as your people, as your children of God, those that believe there ought to be something different about us. The way that we carry ourselves, the way that we carry on in life, the way that we come to worship in your house, Lord God, there ought to be something different about the house of God. Lord God, we're here tonight to worship you. We're here tonight, if there's anyone here tonight that, that, that has, has, has moved away from center, Lord God, that has moved away from you in some way, and they don't have that joy that we see here that David had. Well, they've lost their joy. They've lost uh, their way. Look, we pray tonight that they would uh, be returned to you. Look, they would be obedient, obedient and following after you and having that desire that David had to put you in the middle of his life. We thank you, Lord God, tonight for your word. We pray that you would bless us, preach us, use us as your vessel tonight. Through your son's most precious name we pray. Amen and amen. So the contents of God's presence. You know, we see here that, that David depended on, first of all, there in, in verse 1 it says, again, David gathered together. See, David was a gatherer, wasn't he? Uh, that's why under King David, uh, Israel was no longer a divided uh, nation. They were brought together as one Israel, as one uh, nation of people. Uh, David was a gatherer. David believed in, in gathering the people. And, and praise God, David not only gathered the people just to have a good time or have a discussion, but, but David was gathering the people to be under God and to be blessed by God. You know, just like tonight, we're gathered here tonight. I, I tell you what, it's, I don't know you, uh, but I want to tell you that I love you in Christ. Uh, as brothers and sisters in Christ, we ought to love one another. Amen? I tell you what, as much as I, I, I'm thankful to be here tonight to be in worship with my son and my, my daughter-in-law and my family, I tell you what, I, I'm more thankful to be in the, the house of God, uh, to draw near to the presence of God, uh, to read the Word of God. I tell you what, uh, uh, David, it says, again, David gathered together all the chosen men of Israel. So David gathered together all those that were willing. 
Uh, David gathered together all those that were, that were seeking after God. Uh, David gathered together all those that were obedient. Uh, David gathered together all those that were, were willing to follow the command. You know, the Bible tells us in Psalm uh, chapter 27, verse 4 through 6, listen to what it says. One thing have I desired of the Lord. That will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in His temple. For in the time of trouble He shall hide me in His pavilion. In the secret of His tabernacle shall He hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. And verse 6 says, And now shall mine head be lifted up above mine enemies round about me. Therefore will I offer in this tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing and I will sing praises unto the Lord. See, David was thankful uh, that, that God had given him victory uh, over all the enemies that were around Israel. Uh, David was thankful and he was gathering the people together to do what? To rejoice in the Lord. I tell you what, we're here tonight uh, to rejoice in the Lord. Amen? Uh, I tell you what, we go, we're, uh, since 2020, we've been going through some things, haven't we? Uh, I tell you, we've been going through some sickness and some sadness and some deaths. And, and it just seems like it's been one thing after another. And shortages of this and shortages of that. And, and even the church house. I tell you what, people uh, that, that used to come to church, uh, uh, COVID has just given them an excuse not to come. Uh, but I tell you what, I'm thankful tonight that if I was to leave uh, uh, tonight, then I'm exactly where I need to be tonight. I'm in the house of God with brothers and sisters in Christ, worshiping God that's given us the victory. Amen. I tell you what, God has given me a victory. God has saved my soul. And the very least that we can do, and it tells us that in Romans chapter 12, the very least that we can do is to gather and assemble in in God's house. And we see here, it says, uh, uh, again, uh, David gathered together all the chosen men of Israel, about 30,000. And look what it says in verse 2. And David arose. Boy, David was excited to get there. David was excited to be, uh, to have these men gathered together to, to go after the Lord, to seek after God. And so then David arose. I tell you what, it's time for the, it's time for the house of God to arise. Amen. It's time for the house of God to arise. I tell you what, but it all begins at the altar. I tell you, we need to begin to pray for revival in this land. We need to begin to pray for our lost uh, boys and girls that the, that the enemy is trying to attack through the uh, cell phones and through the computers and everything else. I tell you what, we need to, to begin to pray for our children, pray for this land, uh, pray for this country today, that there'll be a great revival and a coming back. But I tell you what, they need someone to follow. I tell you what, I, I love seeing those bumper stickers that says, follow me to church. Are we being that kind of example? Are we being that kind of an example to the people that we work with? Are we being that kind of an example to our family members? Are we being that kind of example to our neighbors? To where on Sunday, they know where such and such is at. They know they're down at the house of God. They know they're rising up and going. I tell you what, today... We have a lot of people that are sitting out of church, don't we? Yeah, yeah. I, tell, I mentioned this. Uh, I mentioned this the other day, and I read this, and it said it said it takes about ninety gallons to fill up a baptistry to baptize someone in, into a church, <laughs> but it takes only about nine raindrops to keep them out of church. Isn't that true? Isn't that true? I tell we have excuse after excuse. Why we can't go to church and we got this going on and that going on. I tell you what, without God, we would have no victory. We would have no hope. And David gathered together. And look what it says again in verse 2. David arose. 
Why did David arise? David arose to be in the presence of God. It says he went to all the people that were with him from Baal of Judah to bring up the, thence the ark of God, whose name is called by the name of the Lord of hosts that dwelleth uh, between the cherubims. Now, as promised, we're going we're gonna to look at a little bit. We're going to look into this ark and see what's in there. Now, there was three things, and I, I'm going to ask you to go with me. Uh, Exodus chapter 16. Exodus chapter 16. We're going to go a few places together. Exodus chapter 16, <clears throat> verse 32. <laughs> One of the things that was in the ark of the Lord... Uh, that, the, uh, that God uh, commanded this ark of the Lord was in the Holy of Holies. This was the place where, uh, where there were sacrifice made, there was uh, the lighting of the candles, and only the priest was allowed to go into the Holy of Holies. And this was the ark of the covenant that God uh, commanded Israel to, to put together. And, and there were three things that was contained in this ark of the covenant. Exodus chapter 16, verse 32. If I could find it. And it says that God commanded, it said, And Moses said, This is the thing which the Lord commandeth. He says, Fill an omer of it to be kept for your generations. So this manna that came down from heaven, it was to be kept for all generations to do what? To remember. To remember how God had fed them. To remember how God gave them their supply. To remember how God never forgot to take care of His children. It says to, to be kept for your generations and that they may see the bread wherewith I have fed you in the wilderness when I brought you forth from the land of Egypt. Verse 33. And Moses said unto Aaron, take a pot and put an omer full of manna therein and lay it up before the Lord to be kept for your generations. Verse 34. As the Lord commanded Moses, so Aaron laid it up before the testimony to be kept. God wanted this manna to be kept in the Ark of the Covenant. God wanted the people to never forget how God supplied them. God wanted the people to never forget, even in their murmuring, God supplied them with what they needed. Now I want you to go with me to John chapter 6. John chapter 6. How does this apply to us today? John chapter 6, verse 48. John 6, verse 48. This manna was to be kept in there, in the Ark of the, of the Covenant, Ark of the Lord, uh, for the people to remember of all generations. Now, Jesus says something very interesting here in John chapter 6, uh, verse 48. John chapter 6, verse 48. Jesus says, I am that bread of life. I am that bread of life. I tell you what, that, that, uh, that manna that was God told uh, Israel to put in that Ark of the Lord, the Ark of the Covenant, to be kept for all generations, it pointed to the bread of life uh, that would come. Jesus says, I am that bread of life. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. But praise God. Read what Jesus says. This is the bread which cometh down from heaven, that a man may eat thereof and not die. I am the living bread which come down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. I tell you what, the middle of everything that we do in the church, uh, in the house of God, is about Christ. 
Everything should be centered on Christ and what He's done for us. And I tell you what, uh, salvation has not changed. Uh, the Word of God says, Forever, O Lord, Thy Word is settled in heaven. I tell you what, no matter how much the world wants to change it, there's no other way to be saved but through and by the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. I, I tell you what, it hasn't changed. And God told him to put it in the Ark of the Covenant because even the covenant itself points to the coming of Christ. And that Christ uh, that, that he's pointing to is the same Christ for generation after generation until he returns is the only way you and I can be saved. I tell you what, if the church isn't preaching that, and I, I know my son is. I tell you what, if the church isn't preaching salvation through Christ and Christ alone, you might as well shut the doors because it's not a church. I, I tell you what, the church is designed to preach the gospel to the lost. And I tell you what, without Christ, there is no gospel. Christ is that gospel. What is the next thing that's in uh, that ark? And we're going to try to speed through this a little quicker. Go with us to Numbers chapter 17. Numbers chapter 17. Y'all don't know we're going to have a Bible study tonight, did you? Numbers, cha- uh, Numbers chapter 17, verse 10. And the Lord said unto Moses, Bring Aaron's rod again. Bring Aaron's rod again before the testimony to be kept for a token against the rebels. And thou shalt quite or quit, take away their murmurings from me that they die not. And Moses did so as the Lord commanded him, so did he. And the children of Israel spake unto Moses, saying, Behold, we die, we perish, we all perish. Verse 13. Whosoever cometh anything near unto the tabernacle of the Lord shall die, shall we be consumed with dying. Uh, just to give you a little background what's taking place here is, is they began to question Moses. They, be, they began to question Moses of why Moses was put in charge. They began to question Moses, who was the priest in charge of leading Israel to God? Who was the, who was the priest in charge over spiritual things? And so God told Moses, what I want you to do, Moses. I want you to take all the rods of Israel, everybody that's, that's thinking they're in charge, take all those rods and lay them out. And the, and the one rod that's budded, or the one rod that, that I bless. That's the one that I want to be in charge. And, and we see that, uh, that, that, that the rod of Aaron was the one that was blessed. The rod of Aaron was the one that was blessed. Now go with me to John chapter 15. And we're going we're, we're gonna to close it up just a little bit. John chapter 15. It, it was the rod of Aaron that was blessed. It was the rod of Aaron that was in this, uh, this, uh, this uh, uh, covenant of God. John chapter 15. John chapter 15, verse 4. If I can turn it. This new Bible. John chapter 15, verse 4. The Bible says, Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. I tell you what, we can't serve ourselves. We can't save ourselves. The only, uh, the only uh, hope that we have is to, is to abide in the one that we can bear fruit in. Yes. I tell you what, if a church isn't sticking close to Christ, they're not going to bear fruit. 
If a church begins to do things of their own will, of their own nature, uh, to serve themselves, and I tell you what, there becomes to be a division in the church, whatever it might be, I tell you what, they will not bear fruit unless we abide in Christ. John chapter 15, again, verse 4 says, Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can you except you abide in me. I am the vine. Jesus says, I am the bread. Now he's saying, I am the vine. Ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, let me read that again. Christ is saying, without me, you can do nothing. I tell you what, for a church to grow, for a church to thrive, Jesus Christ has to be in the center of it. Amen. For a church to grow and a church to thrive, they have to be willing to assemble. And for a church to grow and a church to thrive, there has to be a desire to seek after the truth of God. I tell you, for a church to thrive and grow, there has to be a connection with Christ. There has to be a desire to stick close with Christ. And I tell you what, David had that desire. I tell you what, you want to see revival in the church? Put Christ back in the center of it. Stick close with Christ. Do everything that we do because of Christ and for Christ. I tell you what, there's a a vision and a model we started using there at church that that Christ is all and He's in all that we do. I tell you what, if Christ isn't in the middle of it, there's no reason to do it. But I tell you what, David says, David says he wanted to put the ark of of God back in the center of things. One more thing and then we want to get, get into the scripture and move forward a little bit quicker. Go with me to John, again, John chapter 15. Look down at verse 7 through 11. John 15, verse 7. The next thing that was in there and the last thing that was in that ark of God, the ark of the covenant, was the commandments. What's the word say about the commandments? John chapter 15, verse 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. As the Father hath loved me, so I have I loved you. And listen to what it says. Continue, continue you in my love. How do we continue in the love of Christ? How do we show Christ that we love Him? How do we show that we're, that we're truly a children of God? How do we show that we have a desire to serve God like David did? How, how do we show that we, uh, that, 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 it's a, that, that we put Christ first and He's our priority? Verse 10 tells us, Jesus says, if you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love. Even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love, verse 11, these things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you, that your joy might be full. I tell you what, there ought to be some joy in serving God. Amen? Yeah. I, I tell you what, we, we come to church sometimes and we get so, so sad and we get so down and we have frowns on our face like, uh, like there is no victory, that there's just no hope. I tell you what, today Jesus Christ is alive and hope is still alive. And I tell you what, it's an honor to come and open up God's Word. I tell you what, even at, even at our own church, Sunday school is dwindling and dwindling and dwindling. Uh, but I tell you what, uh, if you want to lo- learn God's Word and if you want to love the Lord and show that you love Him, you're going to come to Sunday school. You're going to open up the Word of God and say, Lord, pour into me the truth because I want to know the truth of God's Word. I want to walk with you. I want to show you that I love you. And I tell you what, we do that by following and keeping the commandments yes, of God. Yes, 
I tell you what, you don't believe me? The Bible says that there's going to be a falling away from the Word. There's going to be a falling away, and don't we see it today? We see that falling away today. But I tell you what, I thank God for examples like David gives here. David gives an example of putting God in the middle. Putting God in the center of things. Go back with me to, to 2 Samuel chapter 6. We're not going to go anywhere else unless the Lord leads us. But we're going to uh, make our way through this. 2 Samuel chapter 6 and again verse 3 he says. <laughs> they go after the ark. Well look what it says in verse 3. They set the ark of God upon a new cart. <laughs> a new cart. I tell you what, if your religion and your joy is old and stale, you're not serving God like you ought to. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest with you. We, we don't need to live on yesterday's blessings. God, is really, God ought to be real in your life today. How did God bless you today? I tell you, they didn't put this ark on an old cart. They didn't put that ark on an old rickety, rusty cart that they got from the barn that was way back in the corner that they had to clear the cobwebs off and, and they hoped the wheel made it down the road. They didn't put it on that kind of cart. They put it on a new cart. Why? Because God meant something to them. They, they were honoring God. And you know, the Bible tells us that there ought to be a newness in us. Amen? Of Romans chapter 5 tells us that we were baptized unto death. And, and, and then what does it say? Baptized unto newness of life. And the Bible also says that, that if we're risen with Christ, we're a new creature. And behold, all things have passed away and all things have become new. I tell you what, there ought to be some newness in us today. Uh, there are, uh, the, the, uh, uh, worshiping God should never get old, should never get stale. Uh, the Word of God tells us here that they put the, the Ark of the Covenant on a new card. Why? Because they wanted to honor God. Amen. Some of us need a new desire today. <laughs> Amen? Have you ever heard about rededicating your life to the Lord? That's what that means. Lord, I'm saved, but I need that new desire back. I need that new joy back. I need that, uh, that, that new desire to go to church. I, I need that new desire to, to hold up holy hands whenever I hear a song about heaven. Lord, I need a new desire to serve in the church. I need a new desire to go tell other people about how wonderful you are. I need a new desire uh, to, to dance like David. And I need a, a new desire to listen to your word and to pray and to, to hold fast. Because I, I heard again today, and I've heard it many times before, the Bible says without Christ. You can do nothing. But I tell you what, with Christ, nothing's impossible. Nothing's impossible. I tell you what, just in the, the couple weeks, a few weeks that uh, my son's been here, he's been telling me about the good things that's happening here at the church. That, that there's been some, uh, uh, some new faces come in and out, and uh, some new people come in and out. There's been some new things that's been mentioned. I want to tell you something as a church, and I can tell you this as a pastor right now. I've been preaching not real long, but for about 12 years. And I can tell you along the way, people get stuck in their ways, don't they? Yes. Yes. People get stuck in the old ways. People have a, a case of that. It's always been this ways. Yes. Yes. But I tell you what my prayer is, Lord, if we're doing something that you no longer want us to do, show us. But, but if there's something that we're not doing that you want us to do moving forward, show us that. I tell you what, if it's of the Lord, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be wonderful. But I tell you what, uh, the, we see here that, that David refused to put this uh, ark of God on an old cart. They put it on a new cart. Look what it says there in verse 4 and 5. And they brought it out of, out of the house of Abinadab. Notice this unity here. Praise God. 
They brought it out of the house of Abinadab, which was at Gibeah, accompanying the, the ark of God. And, and he all went before the ark. So there was people that went into the house, brought the ark out. There was people that was accompanying the ark. There was people that was going before the ark. Everybody had their positions. They, 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 they wanted the ark of God there. And they were all in unity and purpose and vision to put Christ back in the middle. Look what it says in verse 5. And David and all the house of Israel played. Boy, isn't that beautiful? What happens whenever the church begins to sing together? Amen. What happens when the church begins to be on the same page? What happens when the church begins to, uh, to pray arm in arm? What happens when the church uh, all has the same desire? And I want to tell you something. Every one of us in this church, whether it be at this church or Creston or, or Mount Calvary or Poplar Grove or wherever it might be, the Bible says there's one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. Amen. Uh, I tell you what, we're not serving different gods. We're not serving different purposes today. Uh, that's why I love that old song. We used to do it at church whenever I was a little, a little kid and they, we, we would sing Marching to Zion. And I, I remember getting up and we would all walk the aisles and we would literally uh, march to Zion. I tell you what, we need that today. We need Christians that are on fire, marching to Zion with a newness in their heart and a joy in their heart and a unity in the house of God. And we'll see great things happen. I'll tell you what today, the church is broken in ways, but I tell you what, it's not defeated. God is real. God is good. God is all powerful. God can heal things. It seems like they're broken. God can make impossible things come out of. Uh, possible things come out of the impossible. Just a little bit more. As we see there, they're, they're doing all of this and there's great unity and there's great joy. But verses 6 through 11 says something different. Verses 6 through 11 shows us that, that the ark of God didn't come back to the center of Israel because there were some that were, they weren't treating the ark of God with the honor it deserved. That the ark of God didn't come back into Israel. Uh, and, and David had to be patient. David had to pray. Uh, David had to wait upon the Lord. And what we see here is, is there's a lot of ups and downs in churches today. We've got to be patient. Uh, we got to pray for our pastor. We've got to pray for the uh, deacons. And if there's no deacons, we need to pray for the deacons. We need to pray for the teachers. We need to pray for one another. There's going to be ups and downs. But, but as we see here that uh, David was patient. Look down there in verse 11. And the ark of the Lord continued in the house of Obadiah, but the house was blessed. Verse 12. And it was told King David, saying, The Lord hath blessed the house of Obadiah, and all that pertaineth of his house. Why? Because the ark of the God. The ark of God. So David went up and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obadiah into the city of David with gladness. I tell you what, David was, was reminded. <laughs> David was reminded about the goodness of God. You may be in a low point in your life right now. <laughs> you may be in, the, uh, in, the, in that valley. 
But I want to tell you something. God is still God. God is still blessing today. And I tell you what, you need to come to the Lord and say, Lord, I know that you're still alive today. I know that you're my salvation. I know that I need to abide in you. And Lord, today I want to rededicate my life. I want to get, the, get rid of that old stale religion that I'm serving. And I want to get that, that, that new excitement, that new joy today that I'm serving. Because Jesus Christ is still the only way. He's my victory today. And I understand today that he's still blessed. Blessing and Lord, I want to live that blessed life again. Yes, man. I, I don't know about you, but that day that I got up from the altar, boy, I, I felt all new, didn't you? Yeah. I felt all new and sparkly and clean, and I was freed from my sin. I, and boy, God could have told me to go jump off the roof, and I probably would have done it because we all make those promises, don't we? Lord, if you, whatever you want me to do. But sometime over the way, we have those ups and downs. Sin overtakes us. Bitterness overtakes us. Whatever it might be overtakes us, but we need to be reminded, just like David was reminded, God is still blessing. So what did David do? Two more verses, we're going to close. He went to the house of Obed-Edom, into the city of David. He brought the ark of God back in with gladness. Boy, David was glad Whenever he was walking once again with the Lord. You may be coming tonight with sadness in your heart. But I tell you what, you can leave glad. You can leave revived. Knowing that God is still God. God is still blessing. Verse 13 and 14. And it was told that when they had buried the ark of the Lord, had gone six paces, he sacrificed oxen and fatlings. Now I want to tell you something. That was a long walk. Every six paces, they stopped and sacrificed. Every six paces, one, two, three, four, five, six, sacrifice. One, two, three, four, five, six, sacrifice. Boy, that, that was a long journey to get back. But what does the Bible tell us that we ought to do? Pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. Pray for, your, uh, for, your, for, the, for the ones that are lost. Pray for your church. Uh, pray that God will move in a way. And, and, I, and I loved uh, this, uh, uh, again, as I promised, one more verse. We're going to close. But, uh, but there was a, a guy that I went to church with, a brother that I went to church with. He's a, he was a deacon at our last church. And he would always, and I loved how he, how he closed his prayer. He would pray all of these beautiful things. But then he would say at the end of the prayer, beginning with me. Amen? <laughs> beginning with me. Beginning with me, Lord, help me to pray continuously. Beginning with me, help me to have a new desire for your word. Beginning with me, Lord, this old living on the days of old and what you used to do in my life and what you've done in the past. Lord, what are you doing right now in my life? And, and even the bigger question is, what are you doing for God? Are you following God the way the word of God says that we ought to? If we love him, we'll keep his commandments. One more verse. And David danced. <laughs> David danced before the Lord. Look what it says. With all his might. David was girded with a linen ephod. I tell you what, David danced with all his might. <laughs> well, when's the last time you served God with all your might? When's the last time we stayed down on our knees till we got an answer? <laughs> When was the last time we went to church and we didn't even feel like it, but we just pressed on? I, I tell you what, uh, Paul says over there that, that he finished the course and he kept the faith. I tell you what, we need to finish the course. 
We need to keep the faith. Why? Because God is still God. Amen? God is still saving. God has given us the victory today. I tell you, we need to carry the Word of God. We need to carry on like we're Christians and, and put a smile on our face. And I'll leave this one last thing to you. Our, our old pastor that we, that, that we were called to preach under, he used to always say this. And I, I think I probably got into the habit of saying a lot of things that he said, but that's all right. He said, some of us look like we've been baptized in pickle juice. <laughs> Don't we? We look like we've been baptized in pickle juice. We're just so sour and miserable. I tell you what, I tell you, we need to get excited for the Lord. You want to see a revival in this church? You want to see happiness and joy in the church? Be joyful. Be happy. God has saved your soul. He's done something for you, and you're going somewhere. Amen? Stick with Him. Hold fast and bear fruit from Him. We've got the messages.